If only life had a remote control, you could pause or rewind. Well, life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome, but pre-diabetes does. Take the one-minute risk test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Today on Watching Your Wealth, how millennials can financially break free from their parents. This is Watching Your Wealth from the Wall Street Journal. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. This is Veronica Dagger, and you're listening to Watching Your Wealth, where you learn all you need to know about building your wealth and protecting your money. Dave Geibel is Senior Vice President at Univest Wealth Management. Welcome, Dave. Hello. How are you? Good, thanks. So contrary to popular belief, many young people aren't happy about needing help from their parents, and they want to break free. So you have some tips to help us do that. And the first tip you said is to set a date to cut the cord from our parents. Tell us about that. Sure. Well, if you're living at home because you've decided to move in after college and you're starting your career, or if you're not completely independent from your parents financially, but you're using some of their help to buy you time to save, our recommendation would be to set a time frame for you to move on to your own financial independence, meaning that if you're living at home, maybe you set a date out six months or a savings goal, an amount that you want to save up to that you can move out on your own. Or if your parents are paying certain types of bills for you, like your car insurance or uh, your cell phone, etc., Come up with a time frame for when you're going to remove that help so you can move out uh, and, and be independent. Maybe you start gradually paying one bill after another, getting a sense of that responsibility before you step out on your own to make sure you're financially sound. Yeah, absolutely. And you may not think it's a lot, but if it's a cell phone, I, I've heard parents paying their children's easy pass, uh, grocery bills, things along those lines, that help is great. But if you get your own apartment and you want to be independent, those bills may start to add up and you can start taking on debt because you can't cover it. So, you know, if you do live at home, it's it's good to take those bills with you. But you also want to get an understanding of uh, what you have. And so, for example, maybe going out and buying that brand new car you can't afford and getting a big loan on that car isn't the best idea if your parents are still paying your car insurance. Right. Makes a lot of sense. What about tips for handling all the student debt we might have? Yeah, it's really the uh, axe to bear for this generation. You know, a lot of a lot of people who are older talk about millennials financial independence. And I would say, well, you didn't have the student loan debt that this generation is saddled with. It's at it's at all time highs. So the first thing we, you would want to look at is what is all of your debt? And if you have high interest credit cards or high interest car loan, that's certainly debt you want to try to eliminate first because it's costing you the most money. But if you do have student loans, is there a way you can refinance them, refinance the term, stretch it out, reduce the interest rate you're paying? There are some types of student loans now in the private market that can be refinanced. Generally speaking, student loans relative to other types of debt have a pretty high rate of interest because they're not collateralized by anything. So uh, it's a challenge. What I would say is if you could try to not pay the minimum, if you can pay even $50 or $40 or $100 over the minimum, you can start to cut that loan down over time, but you're also reducing the total interest paid. So it's a, it's a challenge for 
young people coming out who went to you know maybe an expensive school and have a big big pile of debt, but they have to address it and have to uh, uh, try and make the best of the situation. Some people will say, you know, it's really tough to save. I'm working an entry-level job. I don't make that much money to begin with. What can we do there? How can we start saving, even if it's just a little? Well, you nailed it. It's the power of compounding, and we all start somewhere. And most of us start with nothing, especially coming out of school, and in some cases, negative net worth. So if you have the attitude, well, you know what, I'll have time for that later, that's just the worst thing you can do. Even if you're putting in a very minimal amount to your 401k, what you're buying yourself is the power of time value of money, which is the ability for even that small amount to compound over 30 or 40 or 50 years. So the hardest part often is getting started. If you if you don't get started, you won't ever get to, to the goal. So even if you feel that you're putting in a nominal amount into your 401k, uh, Try your best and at least try and put in to a level where you can get that free company match. So maybe you can't max it out or put in a high percentage of your salary, but take advantage of the free money that your company is is giving you. And no amount is too small to start with. And as your pay goes up or as you get a bonus or you increase responsibility, which most people strive to do, you can then add on to that. 401k, but it's a valuable tool to start out of the box. And you'd be amazed that if you put a, put a certain percentage of your salary, most people learn to budget around what they actually take home. Now, so much of the financial advice out there from millennials is says, you know, just cut out the latte, cut out the avocado toast and you'll be rich. And I just think that's way too simplistic. First of all, some people may see those expenses as part of their entertainment, their entertainment budget, for example. And just cutting those things out may not be possible for some folks. So how do we still save, but still have that entertainment, still have that fun and excitement in our lives? Right. So it's finding that extra money. So what I would suggest is Get a log of two to three months of your expenses. I would say three months because sometimes you have an expense that hits quarterly, like maybe your car insurance. And just keep a log of where are you spending your money. And you're right. You should have a dining out or what we would call discretionary expense to, to argue that you're never going to go to, to uh, a restaurant or a bar and have a beer with a friend or a latte with a friend is um, – is crazy. Everybody has to have that wind down time. But once you get your log, you can categorize everything into needs, wants, and wishes. You have to pay your rent, but you don't necessarily have to dine out five days a week, or you don't necessarily have to, to buy your lunch every day at the office or whatever job. So if you look at those discretionary items and they're an outsized portion of your budget, a modest cutback could bring you that extra 100 or $150 a month that could turn around and be that uh, deposit into your 401k. The other thing it might say to you is, hey, I'm already living in the most modest means possible. Perhaps I have to do a little bit of what I think the millennials call gig work, which is, you know, do you pick up an Uber route or do you wait tables or do you grab um, 
a few extra hours at your current job just to make sure that you're not getting behind and putting yourself in into debt. We're talking to Dave Geibel about how millennials can financially break free from their parents. And you're listening to Watching Your Wealth from the Wall Street Journal. If only life had a remote control, you could pause or rewind. Well, life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome, but pre-diabetes does. Take the one-minute risk test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Enjoy our podcast? Then listen in your car. Before you start down the road, just sync your smartphone using Bluetooth or plug into the USB port. Got Apple CarPlay? Just tap on the podcast app and search for WSJ. So, the next time you're getting behind the wheel, take us along and enjoy the ride. The Wall Street Journal. Listen ambitiously. This is Watching Your Wealth from the Wall Street Journal. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. We're back with Univest Wealth Management, Dave Geibel, who's giving tips for millennials who want to financially break free from their parents. So, Dave, how can we stay the course on saving and investing when we're not seeing results right away? Well, I think the thing that you have to do is have long-term goals. And as a young person, you have the, the luxury of a long time horizon as opposed to a millennial's parent who may be up against retirement. So the true measure of building wealth is not in in means of instant gratification. It is a delayed gratification business, and that's tough to swallow. But if you go into it with the attitude that this is money I'm going to put away and save for my future and maybe not touch in 30 years, those momentary periods of volatility will be more acceptable. And, and and what I would say as an investment professional is you have to accept them. They're part of the nature of being an investor that not everything goes your way. So going into it with the best attitude of this is the long-term value proposition for me is probably the healthiest way to avoid doing anything in impulsive during a period of down or volatility. And maybe picture yourself 20, 30, 40 years from now and think about the type of life you'd like to be leading. Right, exactly. And, you know, it's tough to to picture that. You know, most of us are living day to day and and a month or a year ahead. But, you know, the nice thing about a 401k is you're averaging in over periods of time. So even if you have a market that goes down, you can you're buying in at a low point and conversely, you might be uh, buying in. But, you know, setting those goals, um, you know, three, five and even 10 years out, where do you want to be? Do you want to buy a home? What is your savings goal, and are you doing enough today to to get your um, savings to where it is? We can't control the market, but you can control how much you save. Indeed. Thanks so much, Dave. Thank you. And do you have a personal finance question you'd like us to answer? Email us at podcast at dowjones.com. This has been Watching Your Wealth, a production of The Wall Street Journal. I'm Veronica Dagger. For more information, check us out at wsj.com slash podcasts. Thanks for listening. Follow The Wall Street Journal on your favorite podcast app. Search WSJ on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and any Amazon Alexa device. The Wall Street Journal. Listen ambitiously.